I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's been 48 hours since our last coition. My temperature's optimum. I'm ovulating. I have the pillow set up in the position. Dr. Stanky wants us to try so that my cervix is placed better in the intravaginal seminal pool. You can watch TV if you get bored. Here's to successful fertilization, sweetie. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the weirdness. Why are we wearing bras on our heads? The history. Live Aid. We're coming together. And the simple pleasures. All I need some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s, a cerebral and whimsical look at the years 1980 through 1989. Please join us in this week's high level of discourse. Oh, somebody stepping a duck. I heard you missed me. I'm back. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com, and he is back. I'm proud to say my best friend sitting across from me with that goofy smile on his face. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sean Daly. I can't wait to sync this show. It's been far too, far too smart for far too long. It's good to be back. You I look am, good. Did thanks. you miss me? Did you miss me? Of course I missed you. Yeah, I missed you're, you too. You're the wind beneath my wings. I hate it. I hate it here in the show without me uh, bringing it down to uh, you know a really base, disgusting level. Well, uh, unfortunately, we don't have a topic this week that's really going to be... We don't have great fart jokes of the 80s. I don't like that word. I know you don't. I don't like that. Despite like the, the fact that I'm a pig, I do not like the F word. It's a brown word. But I'm, uh, I'm really glad Sean can join us for this week's special uh, salute to Spando Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! Ah, kid. Kid because <laughs> I good. love. I kid because I did not I love. see that coming. That is we, pretty funny. We are uh, going to talk about the movie She's Having a Baby. Ah, because, how appropriate. Because uh, Sean Daly just had a baby. I do. I have a beautiful new daughter, uh, uh, Maya Rose. And she is, uh, she's a lovely little girl. She's, got, she's keeping like rock star hours now. I'm on about two hours sleep, so I'm going to be even loopier than normal. But you, uh, you start calling her Axel Rose. Axel. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Because I don't really have a nickname for her. In fact, I'll never mention her name again on the show. But, uh, yeah, she's beautiful and uh, she's so little. Who'd think something little could be produced by a hawk like me, you know, and then gentle? But uh, you met her. You met her the other day. I did. Oh, I got to So Spears shows up the other day, and we're about to go. We're going to the Van Halen show. And Spears shows up the other day, and you were really nice to bring a gift. And he brings this adorable, fuzzy aardvark. Blue aardvark that makes this like oh sound. So last night we think I swear to God we think we have her asleep, and I lean down on a pillow and I'm cradling her, and then oh and this aardvark wakes up like everybody. And Jeb was like Spears. All right, where in the sweet name of Christ is that little asshole? 
Oh man, I love it. I love it. I'm glad you have a baby. Um, I'm glad I'm still single and free and <laughs> yeah. able to spread my seed across hey, the me earth. Me too. I'm not married. I'm not married, ladies. Nothing's holding me down except for a house and two kids and a palimony suit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So uh, it's good to be back, and it's good to be talking about uh, she's having a baby. Which, uh, honestly, uh, two days I guess two days before we had uh, had our new daughter, we watched it. Uh, Jen and I sat down. All you know, the, uh, our kid Lulu was asleep, and uh, we watched this. This actually mo- movie means a ton to us. You know, we kind of felt like it was a good luck charm. Right. She's having a baby. Released in 1988. Directed and written, I believe, by John Hughes, our hero, the god of the 80s. God. But uh, if, if anybody knows the plot better than Sean Daly, I don't know who it'd be. So take us through it. It is. Uh, it stars Kevin Bacon and the beautiful Elizabeth McGovern, who uh, I had a crush on. I still do, I guess. Uh, and it's about they play two young people. Two young pretty people traversing the minefield of post-nuptial adulthood and pre-parenthood angst. How's that? Did you write that down? No. You just came up with that? Yeah, I'm bizarre like that. It's like my, it's my Rain Man ability. I speak in tongues sometimes. Right. And of course, the whole premise is, you know, as they're settling down, they eventually try to have a baby. Right. And uh, don't have the easiest go of it. And now, is this, was this Steve uh, John Hughes' first adult uh, he was filming this the same time he filmed plane, planes, trains, and automobiles, which you yeah. have to think that's pretty adult, right? But, uh, but this yeah. was his most autobiographical movie, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? Because he did actually have a job as an ad, uh, ad writer in Chicago back uh, before he started as a. Uh, Basically, Kevin Bacon's character Jake Briggs is is John Hughes. John Hughes, right. and he has these you know these flights of fancy and whimsy, and it, I mean. You know, I, I know some people kind of rip on it like it's too goofy at times, but I think it's perfect, especially, uh, you know, one, uh, the forever fiance and I, when we got our start, you know, it's a lot like when that great scene when Elizabeth McGovern makes him grouper. It's just a little overwhelming to have uh, swordfish and trout over here. Grouper. It's grouper. It's grouper. The fries are good. That's breaded smelt. I mean, Jen and I used we had no money. We used to, uh, we got these like Salisbury steaks. We call them Salisbury fakes. We had no money. And it was like a buck ninety nine for sixteen Salisbury steaks. You know, like Larry's steaks. I bought them off the side of a road. And so from that on, I mean, it just really, uh, I don't know. There are a lot of it. It seems pretty autobiographical to me, too, being a writer. So you, you sort of almost wonder because this is one of uh, John Hughes' last movies that he really had total control over. I think Uncle Buck. And the great outdoors come after this, but uh, you wonder if the reaction that Hollywood had and the and the movie going audience had to this movie sort of contributed to his, you know, disappearing from Hollywood. Yeah, well, look at he did this in '88, and about he had about one good year left. If yeah. you want to count Home Alone, I don't which was '90, he had two good years left, and then it was all downhill from there. All the Beethoven movies. Oh, Beethoven, Curly Sue, Dutch career opportunities. It's almost like he kind of shot his wad with uh, "She's Having a Baby." Oh, is he above criticism? And am I going to say this? Yeah, maybe she's having a baby. The way I feel now, that maybe it's my number two. Right. You know. So, so I pose the question to you now: um, Is this his most underrated movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. The one flaw and the, uh, that uh, we always talk about this when we watch it at home is that Elizabeth McGovern has actually, you know, she has no chance to act in the movie. I mean, it's really a male fantasy. It's all th- told through Kevin Bacon's character. He does the voiceover, right? The only time Elizabeth McGovern gets to act in it 
is when she's with uh, Alec Baldwin's character. Alec Baldwin plays this uh, the the Steve Spears character, the the sleazy <laughs> best friend. Character. You've tried to seduce my my woman like eighty times, but uh, but she gets to act there and she's great. But she kind of just does reaction shots. Her mother died last night, but she didn't want to come. She models nude in videos. She wasn't nude though. She was wearing one of those cheap things. It wasn't a video. Well, maybe her mother wasn't a very nice person. I don't care if she was or if she wasn't. That bitch has no feelings, and it makes me sick. She's sleeping in our house. I have to burn the sheets. What if it was one of your friends, huh? What What if the shoe was on the other foot? I go. Barefoot. Let me talk about Alec Baldwin for a second because um, you know, he gets a bad rap in he got a bad rap in Hollywood for years, you know, and some of it was because of his divorce with uh, Kim Basinger, and some of it was him uh, didn't he like leave a menacing? Uh, oh, he's a psycho. He's great. He's hilarious. He's, he's a fantastic a, actor, great comedic actor too. But in this movie, and I was just watching it the other day, in this movie, he everything I always say this: everything you need to know in life, you can learn from somebody. Everything I need to know in my life. I can learn from lines spoken by Alec Baldwin in this movie, and I'm going to prove it right now. Here we go. A little Alec Baldwin montage for you. You are a drowning man, and she is an anchor around your neck. She is making all the choices in this relationship. Look, I'm not going to say this again. You don't have to go through with this. You can walk. You say the word, and we are out of here. Marriage will wait. Time won't. You want to be a writer? You want to be a husband? Maybe it'll work out. Who knows? Yeah, you'll be happy. <laughs> you just won't know it. That's all. So what's your favorite scene from the movie, though? There's like 80 great scenes in it. You know, uh, the, the, the bit characters in this movie are, are, I think, rule. I mean, Kevin Bacon's great, and I like him. But there's sort of like this rule in my head that, you know, aside from Footloose, he's never been in a movie where he could really carry it. Yeah. Um, so uh, John Ashton plays, uh, you know, Taggart in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, and he plays um, Eric Stoltz's dad yeah, in some, some Kind of wonderful. wonderful. And so he comes back in this movie as his, as his neighbor, Ken. And there's this great conversation they have at the block party. And I love the block party scene more than any other scene yeah. in this entire movie. The entire block party scene. But I can't, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm just going to play this wonderful little clip here about uh, uh, Kevin Bacon's lawnmower. Wait a, minute. Wait a minute. You don't know what kind of mower you got? I mean, when you, when you got it, didn't you have any specs that came with it? I mean, how can you not know what kind of mower you got? You got a big Yard King 410. Remember that? Yard King 410. 410 is for shit. I like the old 380. You're out of your mind. The grass catcher on the 410 has a third more capacity than the 380. That alone makes it a better unit. It doesn't matter how much cubic feet you can get of, uh, I don't care, horse shit in that goddamn thing. The 410's gonna fall apart. You just got a plastic flywheel. You're gonna have a major lawsuit on your hands. You're asking for it. Government will not buy 410 because of the danger involved with the plastic flywheel. Yeah, that's a great scene. That's a great, great scene. And for me these days... You know, I live in this a uh, suburb just like that now. It's called Feather Sound, and uh, you know, just outside of uh, St. Pete. And um, I am the only guy there who can't like put an addition on his house. And so I'm always going on like borrowing stuff. I have no idea how to use. And like my neighbors all laugh at me because I have no idea what how to do any of this stuff. And so Jen's like, oh, "Can you go get Justin so we can you know put the crib together?" You know, I'm totally 
I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm good at very few things. You know, I can write. And I can eat. I can make fun of you pretty well. That's about it. But oh, are you good? Sure. Are you good around the house? Are you handy? You know, I can do anything around the house, but I always screwed up the first time. I'm the king of putting together things backwards. <laughs> and then I got a. I literally put together a foosball table for my uh, niece and nephew uh, last month. And all the players face the wrong directions. <laughs> they do. They're all facing the opposite direction. I mean, it doesn't affect the game. Yeah. But every time they play it, they're like, Uncle Steve screwed this up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, at that point, it was too late to take it apart and put it back. I could like stare at something. Like when I had to put all this stuff together for my new baby, you know, and it's just constant, constant like glider chair. It took me like six days. I got to stare at the glider chair for two days, the box. Then I open the box, you know. But I can do it eventually, but just I'm not really good with all that stuff. So, and I don't, I have no idea what kind of lawnmower I have. None. I just put gas in it. I think you're supposed to put oil in it too. I'm not quite sure. You'll find buy, out. You'll I'm find always like, I'll just buy another one. That's what I always I'm say. I'm like, I'll just buy another. If it breaks, I'll buy another one. I used to have a really nice lawnmower. And then every time it breaks, I buy a slightly cheaper one and a slightly cheaper one. Pretty soon I'm gonna be out there with a pair of scissors, just going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty inept around the house. However, I am a good dad. I am a good dad. You know what? I want to actually put that to the test today because I'm gonna do a, do something I've always wanted to do, and there's never gonna be a more appropriate time. I'm going to call the person who can answer this question oh, once and for all. Are what, you number, ready? what number show is this? How many shows have we gone through? 115. 115. Finally, we get around to the moment of truth. Here we go. Let me pick up the phone here. Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, the Fiever Fiance. Yay! Hey, hey, baby. How you doing? How are you guys? You know what? The first time I fell in love with you was because of your voice. Really? I, I always, yeah. And I then, thought it was my boobs. Yeah, it was your boobs. <laughs> and I think it was my boobs that attracted you to me, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you had much smaller boobs back then. <laughs> oh, oh, baby, man. you're so nice, I think. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Steve, we, we, you know, uh, baby, we, uh, we get asked all the time uh, what kind of uh, delivery room dad I am, what kind of a man I am at home. Oh, well. Am I, am I wacky? Am I, am I sultry and seductive and sexy? And Steve now wants to know about all this. Okay. Spill, the, um, spill it. Well, you, you are a great delivery room dad. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Can we have some sort of celebratory sound effect? <laughs> I got to give you a lot of credit because, uh, you know, you've seen some pretty nasty parts of me. I did. I did. I, I saw, um, not to get too graphic, but I saw your uterus. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and they were like treating it like it was like a bag of pretzels or something like that. They're like, here we go. Let's just put this up here. Has See, anybody I, seen the I uterus? I haven't even seen my own uterus, so you have <sighs> one up on me. Yeah, it was a little shocking. But how, I'm like, how did I'm you not. not pass out? I'm not, what? How do I not pass out? How did you not pass out? That's I don't know. Thing. I think that it's like you're not, your brain can't quite process the fact that you're like a foot away from a uterus that's sitting on top of your stomach. <laughs> really, I mean, I think when it happens and, you know, that you see him like uh, doing all this stuff and I'm also looking at you and you're awake and I don't know. Oh, well, it's just barely. like, I mean, I think there's shock sets in like you can't process it. But, uh, but, but baby, tell him about the guy we had. Tell him about the anesthesiologist. Oh, you know, you're giving him a hard time. I really like We that. had Rip Taylor as our anesthesiologist. Right. Seriously, yeah, I'm surprised our baby. goofy, but. I'm surprised our baby didn't come out covered in confetti. <laughs> no, he you was know, very, honestly, very nice. He made the whole experience a lot more pleasant. He made it go except, pretty quickly. Except he almost vomited because he was talking so fast. He well, was, he was dizzy. Yeah, I was a little sick. I was a little sick. I wanted him to stop talking, but it actually kind of helped, I think, make the whole process go faster. Yeah. Do I ever make you sick by, by, by me talking so much at home? Oh, my God. You don't stop. 
All right, let Steve get a word in. See, people realize that you chat just as much as I do. Who does? I do or Steve does? No, the world. No, I never say a word. That's, 50,000 listeners a week. So, okay, Sean tells me you're a big fan of this movie. I am. What is your favorite scene? Well, actually, I, I have a few favorite scenes. Um, Jen loves this movie. Jen, we've watched it how many times together, baby? Yeah, many, many times. Yeah. And, and I watched it long before I knew you. you what? Know, I don't like classic. that, baby. I don't like that you watched this without me. How many times did you say you watched it before you knew Sean? <laughs> Um, I don't know, maybe 10. Oh, oh, 10 I, I know Sean. what you're getting at, Spears. Do you, do you feel like I'm cheating on you, honey? Yeah, did you ever watch it with another man? <gasps> no, I don't think so. Oh, that sounds like a first lie. shame. Anyway, baby, what are your favorite uh, she's having a baby scenes? Well, I think I think one of the top scenes is where Christy's parents are giving them the the instructions on how to make a baby. Yeah, they got and the miners. The miners li- they got the miners. List. He says something there, doesn't he? That's- Get your butt a little higher, Jake. Russ, please, he knows what he's doing. If he knew what he was doing, we'd be grandparents by now. And then I think, but one of my favorites is when Kevin Bacon's in the hospital and she's been wheeled into the delivery room and the nurse comes back for him and tells him to put on his scrubs and he starts stripping down. Yeah, I almost did that. And I, he's wearing the bikini, the bikini briefs. Yeah, I don't do that. Well, yours were mesh. So <laughs> you had those. Nobody got to see those. You know, I'll tell you one thing. I was kind of attracted when after you have the baby, they give you those like uh, those uh, 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 on the mend uh, mesh panties. Oh yeah, those are those are pretty. No, the hospital issue. Pa- I, I thought they were kind of. I was attracted to them a bit. Yeah, they look like little boy, like those little boy. Ew, wait, what would he try to say? No, 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 no. They're they're yeah, and they're mesh, but you know, little boy, what is that? The little like underoos. No. Oh my God, you're so hyper. <laughs> no, they're little, like the little tap pants. I don't know. There's a name for them in the world of lingerie. Let of me say me one with my cotton grandma undies right now. I don't really know. Let me say one thing, baby. Let me say one thing. When they tell one you, <laughs> when they tell you to put this stuff on, and you, they wheel you off, and I kiss you, and I say, "I love you, baby. I love you. Good luck." And then they're like, "Mr. Daly, you got to put on this uh, the, the 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 delivery room garb. Uh-huh. They got to have more instruction because the mask has to go a certain way." And then there's this hat that at first I thought was like slippers. <laughs> I thought that I was supposed to go on my feet. And then the robe is like, "What do I do?" I mean, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know. They need to explain it better. So um, I defend Jake in that scene for stripping down because how do you know? Well, you she know? told you. No, she did the not give me. To keep your clothes on. She did not give me specific instructions. She did. And then the woman, the one nurse, was a little mean to me. She was little, and then she's like, "Come on, we got to go, hurry." I'm like, "What? I got to turn the camera on." I don't know. What's your third favorite scene? Wah wah wah! You know, you're complaining. I had a giant needle stuck into my lower <laughs> spine. Boo hoo! No, I got no answer for that. Can you <laughs> feel the love tonight? <laughs> All right, give me your third scene. Um, well, the third scene, of course, is the barbecue scene yeah. where, you know, he he's, what was it, steak, I guess? <laughs> yeah. He's making the steak. He drops it on the ground. One side's burnt. One side's raw. Yeah. This is good, Jake. You're quite a barbecue chef. What fascinates me is how you got it blood raw on one side and charred to a crisp on the other. <laughs> You've, you, you say that to me all the time. <laughs> I'm not good at the grill. See, yeah, that that uh, that statement can be used for for a number of. Occasions. I'm not good at the grill, but I'm I'm good in the boudoir. Speaking of which, there is a question I've been wanting to ask forever. Uh huh. The hover. <laughs> Does this move really exist? The hover goes along with the dance of the seven buttons. Yes. 
Oh, it's very, it's very seductive. Well, how do you think I got pregnant? <laughs> yeah, because we were drunk after going bowling. Both of our kids have been conceived during angry, really well, yeah, acrimonious you know, sex. Kind of but hot there. Sex. We were drunk both times we got pregnant. And, angry. You, and you have failed thing. to take your shoes off both times. <laughs> I think that's what did it. This is bizarre details. Didn't I, didn't I have bowling shoes on the second time? <laughs> no, you had to take those back. <laughs> you had like dirty spiked high heels. That was the first time. Ah, second time, I think you were you were shorn. <laughs> anyway, baby, hey, listen, I love you. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Oh, it, my pleasure. I can't wait till tonight. You got something uh, in store? Oh my God, Sean, I just had major <laughs> abdominal surgery. What a perv! All right, baby, I love you. Okay, I love you too. Do you love Steve too? I do. I love Steve oh, with all nice. my heart. I need, awesome. I need all the love I can I get. I love you. I love you both. All right, see you later, honey. Okay. All right, bye. 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 So there she is, the fever fiance. Her. Uh, Debut appearance on Stuck in the 80s. She's a good egg. She I, puts up with a lot of shit. Oh, Steve. no. Kid, I can't believe the way you guys talk to each other. She's great. She looks good, too. She looks really, really good after that baby already. Three weeks later, she looks great. I got another th- three weeks to wait, though, before we... Really? Because I got a lunch appointment with her later today. <laughs> I'm glad you tipped me off on that. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll, uh, I'll tone it down. Yeah, the fur fiance, uh, born in... Born in Philly, raised in Jersey. She's tough. She puts me uh, in my place. No, she's yeah. a good Somebody's one. got to. Yeah. Now we know who has the control of the daily household. But she also, um, speaking of that, we, uh, she, she also takes all my CDs a lot, and she keeps them in her car. And right now, I think for the last two months, she's had the She's Having a Baby soundtrack in her car to kind of get her jazzed for, uh, for our new edition. And so I got to snag that back. But a couple weeks ago, I actually uh, uh, I asked that question on my blog: uh, Is this the best John Hughes soundtrack? And I tried to make an argument that it is. I'm not sure anyone agreed with me. Do you agree with me? I don't agree with you at all. It's pretty damn good. It's man. great soundtrack. There's no such thing as a bad soundtrack to a John Hughes movie unless uh, Nate and Hayes. <laughs> you love Nate and Hayes jokes. I love Nate and Hayes. Go back and see that movie. <laughs> but uh, is it like Michael O'Keefe in that? Yeah, yeah, I love O'Keefe. And, Let's uh, get him on Tommy the show. Lee Jones. Let's get O'Keefe on the show. A whole a whole episode, nothing but highlights of Michael. <laughs> him and but Slugger's Caddy wife Shack was uh, what seventy eight, and then Slugger's wife. Oh, I what love a, the Slugger's. I know you wife. do. I hate that movie. I'm gonna say favorite top top five favorite John Hughes soundtracks. I'm gonna say number five Ferris Bueller. Even though there wasn't really a soundtrack issued for it, it still has great music. Uh, number four, some kind of wonderful. Number four, some kind of wonderful. Oh, dude, you're way off. No, no, I'm working there. She's having a baby. I'd put three. Uh, number two, I'd put sixteen candles, and number one, pretty in pink. Oh, you're such a sucker. No way. It's it's not a dude, great how movie. Cliche. No, it'd be cliche if I said that was my favorite movie. But uh, soundtrack wise, it, it it pretty much rules. Did we go over what is your favorite John Hughes movie? Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller? Yeah. Mine's Planes, Trains. Yeah. Easily. Planes, Trains is one of my favorite movies ever. All right, here's the way I see it. Go ahead. Now, these are John Hughes' associated movies. He he directed, produced. Right, he had some role. Number five, Vacation Soundtrack. I had it on on vinyl. And Vacation, you get Holiday Road and Dancing Across the USA by uh, Lindsey Buckingham. You also get Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. You get uh, Little Boy Sweet by the Pointer Sisters. I know you love that one. Uh, number four is Pretty in Pink. I'll give you that. If you leave, Pretty in Pink. Do what you do. Uh, number three, Weird Science. What's it got in there besides... Uh... Weird Science. It's got Don't Worry Baby by Los Lobos. Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Number two is Some Kind of Wonderful. And I should say right now 
that some kind of wonderful ask me tomorrow and i might say that's number one some kind of wonderful of course says do anything i go crazy miss amanda jones can't help help falling in love and number one of course is uh she's having a baby which uh is just loaded crazy love by brian ferry yeah uh this woman's work kate bush apron strings by everything but the girl uh haunted when the minutes drag love and rockets you love that song i love the scene that it's in but uh, i don't i don't like the song so much really Love and Rock is a Happy Families by XTC. Uh, I really don't like that at all. You know what I like? I like the theme song a little bit by Dave Wickling of, uh, you know, the, from The Beat and from General Public. He does the theme song for the movie. Yep. But my all-time favorite song, I, mean, I love this woman's work by Kate Bush. I love Kate Bush, period. Yeah. But um, uh, is this little tune by Kirsty McCall. But you That, of course, just haven't earned it yet, baby, which, of course, Kirsty is covering a song from the Smiths. And I didn't really realize that when I first heard that song. I thought it was her song. But uh, I looked it up, and sure enough, you want to hear a bit of the Smiths version? Yeah. Here we go. You just haven't earned it yet, baby. You just haven't earned it, son. You just haven't earned it yet, baby. You must suffer and cry for a longer See, I still like Kirsty's version better. It's very cool. You know, that, that's why this is the best, smartest podcast around. Yeah, you know, we could actually you. do a whole podcast on Kirsty McCall if we wanted to, because you got she. She really was in the eighties something else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm busy that day. <laughs> people don't mature anymore. They stay jackasses all their lives. Whatever you want to do, Spearsy. I'm riding your coattails. Uh, a couple things. Oh, actually, can you give me a little bit of Crazy Love by Brian Ferry? You love that? Okay, I'd love it. Here we little go. Bit. She gave me love, 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 love. Crazy love. She gave me love, love, love. Crazy. Crazy love. <laughs> uh, crazy love. Just a great version. Very nice. Hold me. I said hold me, not grab me. <laughs> All right, grab me. Anyway, I had a couple interesting comments on my um, my blog when I asked about best John Hughes soundtrack. Uh, one of them is from Jeff in Cuba, our good buddy Jeff in Cuba, fighting the good fight down there. Um, and he says, I've always felt that both the Weird Science and Pretty in Pink soundtracks are overrated just because they have eponymous tracks and it's easier for folks to connect the pop culture dots between the movie and the soundtrack. Somewhat counterintuitively, a great soundtrack stands on its own and does not immediately make you think of the film. Believe me, when I get lost in Tracy Thorne's syrupy smooth voice on apron strings, the last thing I'm thinking of is Kevin Bacon's Faraday mug. <laughs> but also, I'm, I'm going uh, to disagree 100% on that. I, I can't separate that soundtrack from the movie. And whenever a song that comes on, what immediately flashes through my head is the scene that it appears in. Well, especially with, like, this woman's work. Great God, you can call stand outside This woman's work This woman's work Was hard on the man Now his part is over 
But every single song in this on this soundtrack reminds me of the scene. Whereas Pretty in Pink does, I mean, aside from uh, If You Leave, kind of reminding you of the prom scene, the the rest of it to me stands on its own. Bring on the dancing horses, you know, uh, left of center. I, I couldn't tell you where, where those appear in the movie. I just love the soundtrack. The She's Having a Baby soundtrack is extremely thematic. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's give, all part of the I mean, puzzle. give it up to John Hughes. I mean, nobody did soundtracks like he did. I mean, and nobody ever probably ever will. I Hit mean, a great ear for it. The rare individual breaks out, but it's too infrequent to warrant consideration. One more bit of ammo for the uh, this being the best John Hughes soundtrack is that, do you know who did the score for this? Uh, no. A man by the name of Stuart Copeland. Oh. Of course, he's not on the soundtrack, but there you go. Ah, speaking of whimsical and cerebral, that must be the theme song for Reader Mailbag. This is my favorite part of the show, because it doesn't have a dumb name to it, like Mystery Movie Moment. I love that. I can, I can now finally say that, you know, without... <laughs> I do tongue exercises every morning. <laughs> I do not want to know about your tongue exercises. Anyway, um, Sean has picked out his favorite email of the week. This one comes from Susan. Susan, who says, Hi, Steve. What? Hi, Steve. What the hell is that? No shout-out for me. Have I been gone that long? Yep. Susan is dead to me. Hi, Steve. I need your help. My, and this is all in quotes, my significant other, soon to be my insignificant other, end quote, saw your article in the weekend section of the St. Petersburg Times about the Go-Go's. I am 56 years old, and I'm starting to show my age after years in the Florida sun. He jumped out of his recliner to show me the picture of Charlotte Caffey, age 54, remarking how great she looks. He does not understand that promotional photos are airbrushed and that celebrities can afford facial surgery. He compares me to celebrities in my age group on a daily basis. He is destroying my self-confidence. You are around celebrities all the time. Could you please email me and tell me what, what they really look like in person? <laughs> my eternal gratitude, Susan. <laughs> It's a nutty little uh, letter. I, I love that people think that I'm around celebrities all the time. Well, you're around me. How do yeah. I look in person? Uh, pasty. <laughs> yeah, I am a little pasty today. Sean sweats more than he... Uh, he oh, uh, come on. Actually, lately I've been sweating like you. I don't yeah, know what's going on. I know. I've, I've, I've managed to ebb it off a little bit. Because I, what I do is I, I take a firm level... I take a thin level of a deodorant and spread it over my entire body now. <laughs> oh, God. Do you, are you one of these guys when you apply deodorant? It's not just under the pit. You pretty much put it all over your no. stomach and... <laughs> Yeah, you do. No, I would never. Do you spray that. cologne on your naughty bits? That hurts when you do that. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for your letter, Susan. The answer to your question, um, John Wait. I mean, you listen. You eat a lot of these guys, but you're not going to say they look rough in person. But they, they all look. The only person who looked kind of rough in person. Eddie Money. Eddie Money, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he looked he look rough even on an album cover when he was airbrushed. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's he lives life. Uh, you know, in the fast lane. But, uh, you know, uh, John Waite, Dennis DeYoung I met the other day. He's 60 years old, and he looks great. I mean, he lo- he just looks great. He's got that funky hair. It looks the like poodle, it snaps poodle, on. The poodle hair. Poodle hair, yeah. Uh, John Waite. Did you see the chin strap under his chin for the hair? Yeah, yeah. he looked great. He does. And uh, John Waite looks like he's 30 years old. And Rick Springfield probably, he's defying the laws of gravity because he looks like he's 25 years old. Yeah, I wanted to do Rick Springfield. Yeah, we all did. Um but uh, now nah, you know. You know, what I say go to your significant other, uh, soon to be insignificant other, and just pop them in the head. I mean, anybody should know by now that those. Uh, if you're a celebrity, you have time to have your own chef and your own trainer and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, Steve. I think the not so subtext 
of this letter is that Susan, like all your our other female listeners, wants to go out with you, wants to do dirty things with you. Is this that what, is an outrage. That's why she's saying soon to be insignificant. Either. I she's, know. She's she, saying that she's going to be available. I know. I, yeah, duh. She's got another one. Just going fishing and trying to... Damn it, Spears. You're unbelievable. I could probably learn something from you. Uh, we were out the other day and someone... I said, what is it about Spears? And they're like, oh, his his big puppy dog eyes. Oh, man, I don't I remember that. Oh, that was the night that uh, I was holding court at the courtside grill. In the, in the Dean Martin booth. In the Dean Martin booth. They, they saw me come in. They gave me the best uh, seat in the house. Yeah. That was a brilliant night on my behalf. Jesus. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it is time <laughs> for Sean's favorite segment, Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, it's the segment where we play a piece of a movie from the 80s. And uh, pretty much 99 times out of 100, you get it right. And uh, I feel bad about that. It's hard to pick an obscure. I don't think I've yet to pick one scene where no one has got, has has not gotten it. I thought the Vision Quest one a few months ago would have stumped people, but it didn't. Anyway, and this week I'm particularly ashamed because this one has got to be the easiest one I've done. Ready? Yep. This was last week's clip. There is a very fine line between love and nausea. Sean Daly, what was it? That was obviously a scene from All the Right Poon. <laughs> Can I even say that? Uh, obviously, that's James Earl Jones in Coming to America. I love that scene. Love that movie. Anyway, some of the winners from Sexual last week. chocolate! <laughs> it helped Gilligan get off the island. <laughs> I can do that movie all day long. Hey, a lot of people won this week. Um, I'm just going to name a couple people real quick. Um, Craig Gossage, Matt Tarter, Sherry Williams of Largo. We love you. I think Marissa won, and you didn't mention her. Mar- Marissa always wins. Ah, she's a winner all the time. She is. Anyway, listen carefully, because here is this week's clip. Listen, Hotshot, I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't care for you or for the putrid sludge you're troweling out, but until they change the laws to put you sleaze kings out of business, my job's to help you get back your stench-ridden boxes of smut, and since I'm going to be doing it holding my nose, I'll be doing it with one hand. Sean Daly, I leave no, it to you. No, 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 I do not know that. Good. I finally have succeeded in coming up with something to stump the master. Anyway, if you think you know the name of this week's mystery movie moment, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com because Sean Daly has been dying to call you a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain that is our signature event. Name that 80s tune. Hey, it's the weekly uh, contest where we play a song from the 80s. If you can name the song and the artist, those bag of Funyuns, they do away. Stop teasing the people. Get me a damn bag of mini Funyuns. There's only one store I buy stuff from, and they don't sell Funyuns at the liquor store, my friend. (laughs) How do you feel about alcoholics? I like alcoholics. As much as it. Can you imagine that? I'll sign a bag of beer nuts then. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. We got some other gifts coming in soon. I get hope. your ass to Costco, buy a bunch of mini bags of Funyuns, and let me uh, satisfy the people <laughs> we'll with the prize. It. We'll do it. I know Dag Shields' girlfriend is waiting for him. I know she promises to have that photo. Dag Shields, that's a badass. She name. already sent me some photos, but they don't have the bag of Funyuns in them. Did she really? No. Uh-huh. Anyway, here was last week's tune. That used to be my favorite song. Sean, any guess? I'm going to say that is uh, Bittersweet by the Hoodoo Gurus. You got it. I love them. Mars needs guitars. Anyway, 
some of the winners. Bill Rich from Nokomis, Florida. Where's Nokomis? Uh, south of here. Okay. South of Tampa Bay. Uh, Ian from Down Under. I love Ian from Down Ian's Under. Ian's the man. And uh, Greg Jones from South Carolina. And, of course, Bass Note. Bass Note. Base Again, note. another winner. Everybody. A lot of people got this one right, so I'm not going to say everyone's name because we do have to keep the show under three hours. Anyway, listen carefully. Here's this week's challenge. Sean Dave. No idea. Stephen Q. Spears. I'm getting better at this. Anyway, if you think you know the mystery tune, email me at stuckinthe80s at tampa.com. Because even though Sean Daly is starting to fade with energy right now. No, I'm not. Come on. I've got two hours sleep. i got two kids now, man. He still, that feels like 18 kids. He still has enough adrenaline left to call you. Uh, uh, wiener. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. And we are back from another needless commercial break. I hate the commercial break. Why? Because we should be commercial free, baby. How could you hate the colonel? (laughs) (laughs) With his wee beady eyes. Because he puts an addictive chemical in his... Chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly, smartass. I see on my program notes that you have a bit of a she's having a baby surprise for I me, do. don't you? We're going to bring in uh, three other women who say that they've had uh, <laughs> children with Sean Daly. Montel Williams is going to come in here and do a little swap test. And uh, uh, That's pretty good, when seriously. I, when I said uh, baby trivia, I didn't necessarily mean I was going to ask you questions. I meant I'm going to ask you to pee in a cup. <laughs> now I do have five questions. So uh, sit back at home, play along. While Sean plays with himself. Question number one. Kevin Bacon appeared in another romantic comedy in the early 90s with another Elizabeth as a co-star. What was the name of that movie and who was the co-star? Oh, God. It was that lousy romantic comedy. Wasn't Sharon Stone in it, too? She wasn't. Is it called, like... Uh, I don't know. He said, she said. Oh, God, that thing blows. It's Elizabeth Perkins. Let me ask you a question. Go for it. Who would you rather, Elizabeth McGovern or Elizabeth Perkins? Ooh. uh, Perkins. Perkins? Perkins? Barnicky? (laughs) Perkins looks like a potato peeler. Elizabeth McGovern's all lush with those cute little lips. Nah. You know, when she freaked out at at Alec Baldwin because... uh, Kevin Bacon invited him to spend the night. I thought that was inappropriate. And, I, and I'm, uh, I don't care what she looks like. You've got to be able to allow your best friend to stay over. Yeah, but he brought that tramp. So what? Who I totally approve of, yeah. but, you know. What's, what's the problem? She was naughty. She was very naughty. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you got that one. For one. Can, okay, 0 for 1. Here we go. Question number two. I'll get this one. I don't, I don't think so. What was the name of the firm that Kevin Bacon claims uh, to work for during his job interview? Um, I like alcoholics. I don't know. I will let Kevin Bacon answer the question. Netsu. Netsu? Netsu. Well, <clears throat> Netsu is one of our foreign subsidiaries. Hey, we own that. I mean, there's thousands of advertising agencies all over the world. You happen to choose one we own. That was a bad call. Netsu, my friends. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love that. What kind of balls does it take to lie? Have you relied on a job interview? Uh, no. I'm a, I'm a wuss when it comes to that stuff. I that's tell a, the truth. Yeah, that's the one thing probably in my life I tell the truth about. 
Number three, can you name two other movies that Elizabeth Montgovern appears oh. in during the 80s? Just two. Two. Uh, uh, Love Sick Love with S- Dudley Moore. Very good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Some with Gutenberg. My answer is something with Gutenberg. That that does not count. Some kind of beef. Some kind of beef. Uh, Racing with the Moon you could have uh, used. Ah, that old chestnut. With Sean Penn and Nick Cage. Or uh, Once Upon a Time in America with uh, De Niro and James Woods. I haven't seen that. Uh, Butt-ass long. But yeah, Yeah. it's, it's not bad. Anyway, number four. During the end credits, all the celebra- all a bunch of celebrities appear to suggest names for the baby. What name does Magic Johnson suggest for their baby? I know this. Because Jen and I, at the time, we had no idea what we were going to name our child. So we were hoping to get some good ones. But we did not go with Magic Johnson's name, which was Baby Magic. Uh, what an awful... <laughs> you hate that for some reason. It drives me nuts. Why? Because it's so vainglorious? so stupid. I mean, it's like, you got, you got Magic Johnson, and I'm sure John Hughes is like, oh my god, I got Magic Johnson to do this. How cool is this? Well, me, and, I, and I bet, I basically, oh, you know, Magic, just say whatever you want to say. And he comes up with that. I'm like, if I was John Hughes, I'd be like, uh, thanks, Magic, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I, You're a weird dude, Spearsy. I swear I won't leave it on the cutting room floor. What would you, uh, what would your name be? If I could name, suggest You'd him? like kids one day. Well, if you had a son, what would you name him? Hunter. Hunter? Yep. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I was like Jack. Jack Daly. Jack Daly? Jack Daly. He'll get the job done. He'll solve the crime. It sounds like Jack Daniels, too. It does. Woo! Which, you know, appeals to me. Question number five. If you had a girl, that would be just desserts if you had a daughter. How would that be just desserts? Because payback. Payback for what? For how you're going to treat all these fans when you go out and seduce them. I'm not going to seduce any fans. I'm, I'm really harmless. Oh, my God. Look at you. Like, look at your wolf chops. <laughs> Do you have a girl name? I don't have a girl name. Hunter might work for a girl, too. Yeah, I could. Huntress. Huntress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't Might as well so. buy her a little baby stripper pole. <laughs> yeah. Real little wee. Anyway, question number five. Your final question. Five? Really? Yep. Have we already gone through? What am I? Ofer? Oh, I got two. You gave up trying a long time yeah, ago. Right. Oh, tell me about it. Question number five. Yes. What name do they eventually settle on for the new baby? Uh, Christopher. Yeah. I, I never thought you'd get that. Yeah, I, Christopher. I, 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 never, I didn't know that myself until I watched it the other day. There you go. There you go. Good quiz. Good quiz. Good movie. It's good to be back. I am fading a bit now. It's good the baby. Soundtrack. The baby yeah. fade. You need a bottle. So I got home from that Van Halen show the other night. Yeah, that's the, fun. The Aardvark. And uh, the second I got in, I'm like, woo, I have a teacher. I'm a cool rock critic. And my beloved just kind of handed over the baby like, there you go. Good night. <laughs> Was, is that how it went down? Yeah, really. And you went off, woo. You had like three women in the car. You're like drinking, woo. We all went over to hit courtside. I got yeah. my booth. Your booth? I closed it down. Booth. I, I rolled out of there at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, speaking of closing things down, close up shop, <laughs> my handsome co-host. Okay, well, until the next week, we will remain here, Sean, with child, Steve, on the loose and on the prowl, <laughs> firmly stuck in the 80s. Oh, she's stuck in the 80s is produced by TampaBay.com, the official website of the St. Petersburg Times. Special thanks to Germany's Czech Battery Daily for providing the song for the opening credits. Read the Stuck in the 80s blog at blogs.tempe.com 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. <laughs>